You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And it's Thursday morning and that means at this time, it's time for David's Pick. And we've got a uh, Sergeant First Class on, retired, and... uh, Larry's got a, a great story to tell, and we're going to talk to him, and then we'll uh, get going into some other things. But right now, we're going to do what we do initially every, the start of every David's Pick, and that is to have just a moment of silence to think about those that have raised their right hand and paid the ultimate price over the years, and how important our veterans are and our veterans are today, and the folks that are on active duty, defending us and keeping us free. We'll be back in one minute. and amen. And we always uh, follow this with a little, a little get you up and going. And there you are. That's right. And uh, some of us are old men, but we can still do it, and um, that's what we have to look at. And, you know, I have never talked to a veteran and uh, doing an interview or anything else that uh, I've asked them, if the country called, would you go again? And every veteran I've ever talked to, you know, stands at attention and is ready to march out of here or... The answer is yes. If the country calls, we have a tremendous number of veterans that are ready to defend our country and our Constitution and support our flag. With that being said, we've got Sergeant First Class Retired Larry Sizemore on. Larry, good morning. Good morning, sir. Oh, don't serve me. I think we went through this once before, didn't we? (laughs) It's a habit, a hard, hard one to break. Yeah, I know. I do the same thing, and uh, uh, I was just an E five, so you certainly don't have to serve me. You can, you can, uh, but please, please, at my age, don't don't drop me and ask for ten. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll do my best. 
I might be able to get there on my fingers, but I don't think I'd be able to get there on the push-ups. But anyway, so we're glad to have you on. And uh, you served in uh, Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And uh, I might as well plug the fact that we do a show about Desert Shield and Desert Storm because grotesquely, a number of people, like the population, have already forgotten about Desert Shield and Desert Storm, which was only 30 years ago. And uh, it, it's, it's absurd, and we have to appreciate our military, our veterans from that era, Desert Shield and Desert Storm, just like we do every other conflict. And uh, thank you for your service, and thank you for serving in... Uh, in that mess. That's the best way I can describe it. Uh, Desert Shield <laughs> and Desert Storm. And uh, uh, Yes, sir. I hope that uh, you're not having any effect of the burn pits. Uh, actually, a little bit, but uh, that, uh, that may be for a different show. But, yeah, I'm, I'm dealing with uh, some lung issues, so. I'm sorry. Well, at least it seems that... Uh, the government seems to be aware of it, and more so. I must add, though, I must say in, on the show that I am extremely, extremely upset with the National Archives and the personnel records of the military. Uh, they have been shut down and killing veterans, as, as far as I'm concerned, since March of 2020, and you can't get through to them, even if it's an emergency, you can't get through to them to get your records, your personnel files, uh, our 201 files, any files. And please, if you're listening to this broadcast, please contact your congressperson and raise hell uh, that... You know, people are dying. Vets are dying because they, you know, they may just need something as simple as proof of their whereabouts that they were sprayed with Agent Orange or where they were located in Nam or, you know, whatever the case might be, it's important. When we took our oath to support and defend, we, we signed a blank check that we would go anywhere, do anything for our government. And in turn... Our government said, well, if you'll do this, we'll do this. Well, our government isn't doing that. And this is ridiculous that the bureaucrats, the lazy-ass people that run the archives, they've been taking their salaries since March of 2020, but they haven't been doing their job. And, Larry, I don't know how big your personal mailing list is, but I would certainly appreciate it if you'd put the word out to any and everybody you know to call the National Archives. Well, no, call your House of Representatives, uh, your representative and your senator and put start putting pressure on this. This has been going on for so long. We thought we had it that they were finally going to do something. And then they just said, nope, we're not. And, well, and also, if you're a if you're a veteran of Desert Storm, Desert Shield, 
you need to go on, and if you were around the burn pits, if you were around the, the oil smoke and the chemicals that were burned, you, you need to go on to the National Registry and get yourself registered. Yes, sir. Um, and, and that's very important to do so because if you don't go to that registry and, and, and don't do that, then they're not going to uh, recognize you uh, and recognize that. So make sure you do that. And I'm in agreement with uh, the whole bureaucratic thing. I mean, we raised our hand and, you know, and volunteered to protect and serve. And I remember one of the biggest things in my contract, I asked, well, if I retire from the Army, will I be able to get free medical for the rest of my life? Absolutely. But here I am now as a veteran taking 30 something dollars a month out of my retirement check to pay for TRICARE. So, you know, that contract, I guess, apparently didn't mean a whole lot. You know, that's. I'm going to put that out. That that uh, that that is absurd. And like you said, obviously it was a one-sided contract. And I, folks, we we can't put up with this. Something has to be done. And it was being done under the previous administration. It certainly made a lot of strides. But nothing's being done under this administration. And um, well, if you remember correctly, during the Obama administration, there was a comment made: if you if you like your current insurance, feel free to keep it. Yeah. Well, I was on Tricare Prime at the time. Everything was great. It was wonderful. I paid my twelve dollar co-payments, and because I'm more than a hundred miles away from a military base. They put me on TRICARE standard without my knowledge. They sent a letter out after the fact. Uh, now I pay upwards to 50% or sometimes even more than that, up to five or $10,000 cap. Uh, and I still have to pay $30 a month to get that. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a whole new ball game for veterans. Um, you know, there is a VA clinic close, and I'm starting to, you know, try to take advantage of that a little bit but you know when you have had the same primary care doctor for 15 years they know you better than anybody else oh yeah and this is so yeah but it's it's definitely it to me it's disgrace to to take away benefits promised to someone that fulfilled their obligation i i wish i could say it better than that but you know the the thing that we have to do larry is I, I know one retired colonel named Rick White that's listening right now, or I would guess Rick is. And by the way, Rick does a fantastic job. He's the director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame in downtown Atlanta. And uh, always give a shout-out to Rick and the job that he's doing. And Rick... And, and, I'm, and I am actually a... was nominated for that prestigious uh group and uh and hopefully at some point we'll be a part of it uh but to me uh being nominated uh is is just as special to me as actually being part of the group just because of how i was nominated uh my daughter who is also military now she wasn't then uh and she is adopted we adopted her. She was one of my cadets in ROTC and was living uh, couch to couch. And 
I went home and told my wife, I said, this is what's going on. She said, you bring her home, and, and she never left. We did. We went to the courthouse, did all the paperwork, and and um, she felt it in her heart. We, I was talking about the Georgia Veterans Hall of Fame to a group of my students and explained to them they knew, you know, a veteran that would that would work, that we would do it together, and we would nominate that veteran. They're from Georgia, which I'm from. Uh and uh, she took it upon herself to send it in. And uh, uh, Colonel White was just, um, he, he couldn't believe that a 17-year-old young lady had sent in the, everything and did it the way she did. And uh, to be honored by, by my daughter and stuff is, uh, you know, it, it means the world to me. But it, it is a great organization. And there's a lot of these veterans which are gone that still need to be remembered and their families I need that, so you know that's a great plug for Colonel Watt and for uh, the Georgia Veterans Hall of Fame because uh, it is an outstanding organization. Absolutely, and amen to everything that you said, and and a salute from America's Web Radio to your daughter. And I understand she's going through MP training at the moment, and. Uh, just graduated and actually getting ready to start at a university of tennessee chattanooga ah. in forensics uh and she's uh will be doing senior rotc there and then commissioning as a uh, forensics officer or uh, special investigator uh at the end of her four years oh that's fantastic well we salute her for the job that she's doing we salute you for you and your wife uh, more people should be like you all and reach out to these kids. And the job that you do is, uh, with the junior, junior ROTC group there in Ringo, um, we salute you for that. And, you know, I think, you know, our our country is, I've never seen it like this before, ever. And I hope I never, well, I probably won't last long enough to see it like this again, but you know, I think our military is the answer to a lot of these kids and a lot of the stuff that's going on. And uh, the training that I got, the training that you got, the discipline that we learned, uh, if they haven't learned it at home, then somebody has to teach it to them. And... Uh, you know, I I support the military every way I can. With that being said, I got to put a plug in for my friend Colonel Mike Mazel. That's the he's the director of the Healing Wall in Johns Creek. And now I don't know if you're aware of this or not, Larry, but uh, they had the dedication ceremony uh, three weeks ago, I believe it was. I was there for the monument. To those that have served in Afghanistan and served in uh, Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And uh, it's a very nice monument. Uh, Rick White's son, Colonel Graham White, was a speaker and did a marvelous job. And, uh, you know, if you haven't been to Johns Creek and Newtown Park and walked through the memorial area... You've got to do it. If this weekend's a pretty weekend, that would be a great, great thing to do. And explain to your kids, take your kids. As we always say, 
right now, our veterans, and listen up, our veterans are our history books. The garbage that our kids are being taught in school, like the CRT crap and the and our history books that dedicate three pages to World War II, are a mockery of history. And so if you're a veteran, no matter what you did, whether it's your your kids or your grandkids, whatever, pull them up on your lap and tell them about the flag, tell them about your service, why you decided to raise your right hand. And as we say, too, this goes for first responders in our country. And I've, I've got, I'm looking at two flags right in front of me. Our country is the first responder for the world. We, we teach people how to respond, and we salute our EMTs, our police, our firemen, all first responders, and those that have served as first responders to the world. And certainly that includes you, Larry. And we well, thank I appreciate you it. I'm, I'm sitting here at my desk looking straight ahead at two flags as well, the my, the American flag and then the, the Army U.S. veteran flag on the right in my classroom. And, uh, you know, it, I, I'm proud to say that my school and my especially my ROTC kids uh, stand every morning and uh, do the pledge. Uh, to the flag still, and, and I think that's uh, uh, a testament to our school system and keeping that uh, in place where uh, a lot of uh, school systems and a lot of places in the country has taken that out of the school system. But we do it every morning, the flag's here, um, and uh, it's just, you know, I think that's a huge uh, uh, a huge plug for my school system, keeping that, that honor in place. Absolutely, and the schools that have succumbed to the Socialist Party, the Communist Party, whatever you want to call them, and I call them worse than that, but, you know, that's that's how you and I grew up, or I know how I grew up, was every morning we said the Pledge to the Allegiance, to the and, flag, and, uh, and we had a flag in our classroom, and a prayer, and, uh, you know... I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means, but my friends that I grew up with, I'll put them up against any of these DLTs or CRTs or BLMs or whatever they are. And, uh, you know, we we desperately, and I'm, I'm serious as a heartbeat about that, we desperately need to get back to that. And... Uh, show that we care about our country and that it's the greatest country in the world. And by the way, I want to put a comment. I have not kept up with the Olympics uh, because of some of the stuff that's being been going on. But the young lady that won the uh, wrestling, I believe it was, yesterday or day before, that stood up and said she was proud to have been born in the United States and proud to represent the United States. I give her all the credit in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, I mean, I, I've watched it some uh, just because, you know, I'm, I'm 
avid, you know, sports person, and you know, I, I enjoy seeing it. You know, once every four years, but uh, you know, and and I hate to say this because I'm a soccer coach as well, but I, I think that the the lady soccer team getting a blow to their ego might have been the best thing for them because when you take a knee when you're representing your country to me that's that's the ultimate disrespect and you know what i would do with them but we'll we got to take a break we'll be back with larry sizemore right after a couple of words we'll be right back hi this is rocky blair former four-time super bowl champion with the pittsburgh steelers and vietnam veteran as a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we do thank you for listening, and uh, we're becoming known as the Veterans Station. It's amazing the number of vets that we have that are listening to our podcast. Uh, they're listening live. They're listening to our podcasts, and uh, all during the week. And we do appreciate it, and we're hearing from more and more of them. If you've got somebody that you'd like to hear, that'd like to be on, uh, let us know. Send me an email, gm at America's Web Radio. And if you've got any comments about our programming, we'd like to hear about that as well. And we want to thank our special guest today, Larry Sizemore, Sergeant First Class, I should say, retired. And he's also very involved in something that I totally salute and and. If, if I was wearing a headgear, I'd take it off in honor of you, Sergeant. And that's uh, your role in Junior ROTC. You're up in Ringel, which uh, for the folks that don't know Georgia well, that's you're a footstep away from Chattanooga, Tennessee. That's correct. So, tell us how the program's going. Uh Honestly, we're we're a little bit low on numbers this year, and uh, I, I don't know why. I you know I'm a, I'm speculating still COVID and 
you know, other classes that have been opened up and that sort of thing. But, you know, we, we always see that uh, happen every two or three years, and then they'll build back up. But um, when I got here roughly 15 years ago, um, we didn't we didn't have a whole lot going on. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, sorry about that. Uh, we had uh, several NCOs to come through and stay for a year, leave, stay for a year and leave. And the major here was, you know, trying to get somebody to stay and help him build the program. And um, I knew about Ringgold because uh, actually I was the first cadet in Catoosa County at Lakeview, which is our sister school, just uh, right down the road, about 12 miles. And uh, it was kind of coming full circle for me because I went from being a cadet in Catoosa County to uh, an instructor in Catoosa County. And, you know, I wanted to see the program succeed and be successful, and and I think we have. Um, uh, I've got a drill team which has finished five years, the last five years in a row as uh, the number one exhibition where they spin the rifles team in the state of Georgia and have uh, I've had a national champ, uh, two runner-ups, uh, national uh, champs, and a runner-up Army champ. Um, so I think for the size of our school and our student body and our program, we, we can hold our own against pretty much anybody. And, uh, um, you know, that comes from kids buying into the program, buying into citizenship, you know, getting parents on board. You know, a lot of parents, and I want to put this out, if there's parents listening, don't think that Gerald TC is all about putting your kids in the military. We are not. We are here to train better citizens, whether they go to college, whether they go to the workforce. Uh, if they do go in the military, they will they will be steps ahead. My daughter uh, went in, and she's a PSC. She went in uh, two steps above everyone else that didn't have JROTC, uh, which is is a huge difference when you look at pay scale and about six hundred dollars a month just by taking a class in high school. Uh, but we're here to build better citizens. You know, we teach marksmanship. We teach. Uh, fundamentals of, of marketing, resume writing, uh, even beaking score. You'd be uh, surprised how many kids know nothing about fundamental everyday math being used, how to write a check, things like that. I mean, ROTC is, offers something pretty much for everyone. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm all in with the program. I think it's one of the best things uh, in the world. Um, well, what's your average age, Larry? Uh, actually, we have an eighth grade. We have our middle school on the same campus, and we actually have some seventh and eighth graders come over. They can't come over for classes, but they can come over for drill or after-school stuff like Raiders. Uh, so I've had kids, you know, 13 all the way up to 18, 19. Uh, you know, um, it, it's normally high school students, but we occasionally will have some middle school students come over and get training. I've got two right now that started as eighth graders on my drill team, and now this year they're seniors. So it's really like they've had training for five years, and I mean, in a four-year period. 
That's great. Let me uh, throw out something to you that uh, you might or might not be interested in, but Pete Mecca, Colonel Retired, uh, does a show for us called A Veteran's Story, and he does it every uh, Wednesday morning, at, and we he did it yesterday, and it, it was a remarkable, remarkable story and interview of the author that's written a book about the smallest ever to be in the military. At four foot nine, he came out as a captain. He went to Vietnam, and he had to get a waiver to even get in the military at four foot nine, and um, had to get a waiver to become an officer at four feet nine inches tall. And obviously took his took the grief from a lot of folks as he went through the ranks, and he was very decorated, silver star, uh, purple hearts, just on and on. And uh, that was a show that was on yesterday on a veteran's story. And I would suggest, you know, it's not the size of your body; it's the size of your heart. That's absolutely true, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, a little bit on that. My daughter that we were just talking about earlier is she went into basic training four eleven and ninety eight pounds, and she came home five foot somehow and one hundred and twenty pounds. <laughs> it's uh, a it's a good chow. Yeah, but but some uh, you know she is as tough as they come and. You know, if I was in combat, I would take her right next to me any day of the week because I know she would handle her own, and and uh, if, if I needed to be pulled from somewhere, she could do it. So, uh, um, you know, you're absolutely right. It's not it's not the uh, – I think my granddad used to say it's not the size of the dog. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she – you know, she's a uh, chihuahua with a rock waller spirit. Wow. Well, you know, if if you get a chance to listen to it, it, it's an amazing story of all. You can imagine the teasing and the and the grief the this guy got at four nine. You know, as, right? And uh, you know, like he said, or this this guy was a, has written a book about him, um, but he had always, you know, he knew that he was small and uh, wasn't gonna be a six-foot giant, and whenever he would take over a new unit, he'd give them three days of making fun of him, you know, before right. before he cracked the whip. And uh, they knew if he cracked the whip, he meant it. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's an extremely good show to listen to and what you can do if, if you want to do it and you want to do it bad enough. And that's uh, a, a veteran's story... You just go to our website, go to programs, scroll down to a veteran's story with Pete Mecca, and it, it, you're not human if if you if you don't feel something after listening to that. Well, you know, and that's something that I use in my classroom a lot. I have, you know, here in Ringgold, small community, uh, a lot of lower income uh, households. A lot of kids, you know, that don't have what they might possibly, 
need as far as guidance, as far as money, as far as everything goes. But, you know, I hear kids all the time, well, what am I going to do? How can I do this? I'm just – and I, me being from this county and, you know, having a single mom and, you know, growing up in a trailer, and I tell them, I said, look, it doesn't matter where you come from. It matters where you go. And if you set your standards and you set your level of expectations at the bottom, you'll always reach it. But if you set it at the top and you only get three-quarters of the way there, it's still a whole lot further than the bottom. And, you know, I tell them all the time, I mean, I came from nothing, and, you know, I ended up working for general officers as a – I started out doing infantry stuff and ended up working for general officers as a uh, enlisted aide because they found out I could cook pretty well and – Ended up as the head chef at the, uh, one of the head chefs at the uh, Pentagon for the Secretary of Defense uh, back during uh, uh, William Cohen's uh, tour, uh, term there. And, uh, you know, I said, you know, I went from a single wide trailer to working as a head chef at the Pentagon. I said, so I don't want to hear excuses. I just want you to set your goals and do the best you can to reach them. And a lot of these kids, they, I've had great success stories. One of my RO kids was the face of the entire Army uh, drill program in the entire country. Wow. He was with the O-Guard, soloist for the O-Guard. You know, I've had kids become civic leaders. You know, it's, I can't speak highly enough of what ROTC programs do across the country for students. And I know every instructor that I've dealt with in the state of Georgia, and I've dealt with a lot of them in summer camps and stuff, they they get special bonds with these kids. They go above what normal teachers do for kids. I mean, I've walked three students, former students, down the aisle that, uh, as a dad that their dads have passed away, and that was an honor they bestowed upon me because that's how they looked at me. You know, I got ordained online to marry one of my former students, him to his wife, and now I've done 15 over the last 15 years. Um, You know, every ROTC instructor that I know personally go above and beyond what is necessary for their students, and it's because we want to see them succeed. And I think a lot of that comes from what we have had instilled in us in the 20-plus years in the military. Um, you know, we that's just kind of how, you know, you, you go from 20-something years of taking care of soldiers to taking care of kids, and uh, it, it's honestly not that big of a difference uh, because, you know, actually most of the time the kids need more than the soldiers do. Uh, and they they need that mentorship. They need that, you know, I've, I've chewed behind uh, of kids, and I've put my arms around them and told them how proud I am of them, and, and uh, you know, I've cried with them. I've laughed with them. Uh, two years ago, I lost one um, to uh, an accidental death, and uh, having to speak at that kid's... Uh, Funeral service was by far the hardest thing I've ever had to do, and it, I mean, and that's including being in combat uh, because you know it rips your heart out. 
because you get so close to these kids. Is there is there any possibility of cloning you and popping out a couple of hundred thousand of you that could uh, go around the country taking care of kids like you do? I'll tell you what, there there's more than you think in these uh, GRLTC programs to do the same thing for kids on a daily basis. You, it's, you, you would be surprised at the amount of ROTC instructors. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, I've been through training. I know that there's bad apples, and there's bad apples in the military. There's bad apples in law enforcement. In every organization, there's going to be bad apples. But for the most part, and for all the ones that I know, they go above and beyond to do things for kids. And like I said, I don't regret one thing that I have done to help a student. Not one thing. That's, you know, uh, that's an I incredible just, and, and fantastic statement, Larry. Thank you. You know, we're, we're I'm 15 years into this, and. I still have kids from my first year of teaching that wish me a happy Father's Day every year. And and I'm going to be honest with you. In 15 years of teaching, and Major's 21 years of teaching, this is his last year, neither one of us have ever got Teacher of the Year or anything like that. And I, he and I was talking the other day at lunch, and, you know, it really doesn't matter because at the end of the day, when you still have kids 15 years later, wishing you a happy Father's Day, that means more than any any accolade that you could ever receive, uh, you know, through the school or, or through anything else, in, in my book. Uh, that's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And thank you for your service and what you're doing for the kids in, in your area. And, you know, I'd like to reach out to more. I think one time you and I talked about that you were going to have a uh, color guard come to the studios, right? Uh, absolutely. Um, uh, that would actually be really cool to have. Uh, cause, you know, my color guard actually uh, finished uh, second in the state of Georgia last year, and this year probably one of the favorites to, to win uh, state. And on that team I've got kids that have won national championships, and they are a great group of kids, great stories. Um uh, one of the little girls on the color guard is uh, she was actually adopted by a local family, and uh, she is just, I mean, her story is pretty incredible uh, on its own. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's I, I have both of my daughters uh, in the ROTC program, the one I adopted and my biological daughter, uh, my two youngest. I've got five girls total. <laughs> <laughs> so... But uh, one daughter, uh, she was in a program uh, for all four years and is autistic and ended up graduating with a regular ed degree. Wow. And she says that it's due to everything that she got from ROTC, and I'm like, wow. No, oh, that's great. You know, and, right. and we have those success stories. Let me ask you, know, you something. Uh... All the time. You and I both just referred to it as color guard. Honor guard, color guard. The difference? There is a difference. Uh, honor guard uh, normally is with sabers, with our unit. Honor guard is with sabers. They do a lot of funeral details for a cemetery, 
for National Cemetery, um, that sort of thing. Uh, they do funerals. Um, Color Guard for us is a four-man team. Excuse me, two guards, national flag, state flag, and they do anything from ball games to parades to national cemetery uh, services. They uh, post where they come out. They post the flags and leave them for the event. Uh, or they present them where they come out and they have their harnesses mm-hmm. and they present for the event and then they take the flags with them. And they also do competitions uh, where they have to learn about 52 commands in order and march those commands and give them. And uh, um, pretty pretty incredible to, to watch uh, a competition like that. You know, I think I mentioned before to you that I still get the goosebumps when I when a color guard presents, and uh, you know it's just I love our country and I love our flag, and I love to salute our flag when it go when the the whoever's holding it pulls it up and over the state flag, and we get to salute it as it goes by. I just and I think every veteran, either retired, no matter how long they've been retired, I think that instead of putting hand over their heart when that flag comes by, they should salute it. And the reason for that is that everyone recognizes them as being a veteran, and they still get that feeling like you're talking about, about still being a part uh, of something, a part of the brotherhood and that sort of thing. I, I just think it's... And I'm a member of American Legion, and every time my color guard does flags for the American Legion, our color guard for the American Legion, you know, I see gentlemen in there, they're still uh, a World War II vet, and he'll he'll stand for that few seconds um, the best he can and salute. And and you're right, if, if you don't get if you don't get goosebumps, if you don't if you don't get the feeling of pride every time you see that. I think there's something wrong, uh, and, and that's what our country needs to get back to the 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 pride in in what the flag stands for. Oh, um, absolutely, the, the honor that it should be given for for so many veterans over the years, male, female, black, white, Hispanic. I mean, they have all lost their lives in combat representing and protecting our country in that flag um and i think that you know we need to get back to that respect we really do and and in rotc we teach flag etiquette you know Oops. when to salute when not to salute you know uh, we, that's one of our classes that's great uh, and, and i wish that you know uh, at some point it would be like the old days where they say okay you've got to do at least one year of ROTC uh, as a credit so that some of these kids can get those basic courses. Right. My first course this year would be etiquette. Uh, where, do, where do kids get any of that anymore? Where, where do they get etiquette cl- uh, classes? They don't. No. And a lot of times they don't get it at home. So, you know, how many times you go into a gas station somewhere and 
you see an elderly person walking towards the door and see a teenager just walk in front of them and not hold that door. Yeah. Larry, uh, we're going yeah. to have to stop for a second and take another break. We'll be back with Larry Sizemore right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Whether cruising the strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And you're back on David's Pick on America's Web Radio. This is one of the few shows that I do. Our special guest today... And this, this is why this is one of the few shows that I do, is that I love talking to and working with veterans. And it's, I'm glad I raised my hand, and I certainly appreciate everyone that has. And I, and I put a plea out to you folks, if you're listening, no matter where you are, if it's the airport, wherever, and you see someone wearing a USS whatever cap or I I served in Nam or whatever the cap might be. Or you see someone like my son that's a major in the Air Force and on active duty now. And uh, if he's in his BDUs or whatever, you see somebody and buy him a dinner buy them a lunch, buy them a drink, buy them a cup of coffee, whatever. You, you, you feel like it'll be making them happy, and it will. But I guarantee you, just like we were talking, Larry, about the goosebumps when you see the color guard go by, the same feeling you get when you buy a veteran or an active duty person It'll make you feel a lot better than it does them because you've just done something for somebody that loves their country. And, Absolutely. You know, it just it's just such a great feeling to have that, you know, I, I make it a point when I go to the airport that uh, I'm going to buy somebody. I'm going to pass it on. I just... If they're serving, they're on active duty, or you can tell they're a veteran. And that's one thing about veterans. I, It's almost like to another veteran, they stick out like sore thumbs. To the average person, they're just another person sitting there. But a veteran can tell a veteran in many cases, or most cases. And uh, you, never, you never know who you're going to strike up a conversation with. And uh, America's Web Radio salutes all veterans. We've been there. We've done that. We've uh, been a first responder. And it's it's a very good feeling to be respected. And what we, some of us are Vietnam veterans, came home to a less than respectful 
homecoming. And thank goodness that has changed now. And uh, Vietnam veterans are respected like they should be respected. Absolutely. And, uh, and I'm glad, hey. you know, I'm glad, you know, what you were telling us, Larry, about teaching the kids. You know, I, I was very fortunate that my parents, I'm Southern. I'm Southern through and through. And uh, I still open doors for women. I still open doors for elderly, even though I'm one of them now. But I, if I can, I'll open it. And uh, like you said, it's just it's etiquette, and it and just like opening a car door for or helping an old person with a package or or whatever the case might be, it'll make and them feel good, but it makes you feel that much better. It, it does, and that's one of the things I, I explain to the kids. I'm like, you know, you don't know who that person is, but it doesn't matter because they're your senior, and, and they deserve that respect. And, you know, I'm the same way, Southern through and through, born and raised in Georgia, you know, single mom for a, a long period of time. And, you know, grandmother, uh, grandfathers, you know, they all instilled in me the yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, even before uh, I went in the military. So it made my transition from ROTC into the military one of the easiest things, being respectful, because I'd already been taught that. Uh, and I don't think that, that gets taught enough at home these days. I don't say it doesn't in a lot of cases, because I know a lot of homes it does. I get kids that come in, and they're immediately respectful. Uh, but then I get kids that come in, and, you know, uh, they're not. I had one young man and and I couldn't get the whole bro thing out every 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 uh, time uh, I'd ask a question it'd be bro and then after about six weeks of my class and a lot larger arms from push-ups it was yes sergeant and the whole bro thing went out the window and even his other teachers said how did you get that out of him because it's yes ma'am no ma'am in my class now I'm like we have our ways. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Larry, I, I tell you, I, and I don't blame, let's use that kid as an example. I don't blame that kid. That comes from his parents. And, and it uh, comes from, right, it comes from, or, or not just parents, but society in general nowadays. Yeah. and it, It's this, a different animal. And even from the time I started to, uh, teaching 15 years ago, the the kids have changed dramatically in 15 years. So you can imagine time I was in school, how it's changed. And, you know, when you were in school, how it's changed. You know, I mean, when I was in school, if you got in trouble, there wasn't ISS that much. It was, you know, a pat on your behind. And then when you got home, then you got it a second time. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, and if, you know, something like that happened these days and times, there would be lawsuits and, oh, you know, it'd be the worst thing in the world. And I mean, you know, I, all my uncles were Baptist minister. I mean, the whole, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child was a, a real thing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, growing up and, you know, it only took the rod coming out a couple of times where <laughs> you, you you believed in it full heartedly, you know. So it's but it's it's a it's a different generation. I understand that things have to be handled differently. 
but the respect still needs to be there and still needs to be encouraged. And I see it. I mean, you know, we went to nationals in Florida uh, four or five years ago, and two of my gentlemen were unloading our vehicle, and they saw two ladies getting stuff out of a taxi. They were elderly. They were probably in their 70s or 80s, and they were struggling with the bags, and the bellhops were just kind of standing there watching them. And my two guys asked, can we go help those ladies? And, you know, of course, absolutely. And they go up and they they carry, they literally carry the bags all the way to the ladies' rooms for them. And the ladies end up writing a letter to our superintendent of schools saying that they were the two nicest young men that ever met. And, you know, the ROTC program was working because these two young men were phenomenal. And, you know, it, when I hear things like that and I see things like that, it, it's hard for me not to tear up. And I wear, I wear my emotions on my sleeve a lot. I mean, you know, I've, I've, I've had kids that, you know, they can say things to me and put me in tears in a heartbeat. And I've had kids that, you know, I've chewed up one side down the other and, and, you know, and uh, never, they never miss a beat. So it's, uh, but, you know, it's, it's a rewarding, it's definitely a rewarding job. It's something I don't regret ever, ever doing. Uh, when I first came out of the military, I was offered a job with Tony Dorsett, former Dallas Cowboy football player, as his regional food re- uh, director uh, mm. for his food company, making probably four times what I'm making now. Um, and when the job came open to teach, I went home and told my wife, I said, one of two things can happen. We can make a lot of money, and I'm going to still be gone just as much, if not more, than when I was on active duty. Or I can teach, go into work, be happy every day, and come home uh, every single night, for the most part, uh, to my family. And uh, she said, uh, you do what makes you happy. And 15 years later, I'm still doing what makes me happy. You know, uh, Larry, what you're talking about is there are very few of us, anybody, not just us or even veterans, but to be able to go home at night like you do, happy, and then, you know, even I spend a lot of time alone, so uh, in your case, you have family and when you're thinking to yourself to think that I've never personally, to my knowledge, changed anybody's life or anybody's thinking about anything, but yet to have been in the position and for 15 years changing young folks' lives, uh, that gives you a leg up into where we all want to go, I'm sure. And it must be quite a rewarding feeling to think back over some of the kids that you've totally turned around and we totally respect you for that and you know and I'm glad that my friend Rick White your daughter uh, realized that you should be in the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame you've you know it's one thing to be a hero under fire and it's another thing to be under fire 
and change lives like you've done. And uh, that's just absolutely incredible. And well, that that means a that that means a, a whole lot to me. Um, you know, and, and you know the the bad part about it is you you can't win. You can't win all the races with all these kids, and some days it's like a roller coaster. You at the top, and then you get bad news, or you know something happens one of them, and then you know you're at the bottom of the roller coaster, at the bottom of the hill again. But but ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, I think for the most part, uh, we're we're trying to make a difference, and in a lot of cases, we do. Well, I think there there's somebody at the at the end of the line at the at the gates that uh keeps keeps a record on you and uh you got more pluses than minuses and it's been a well, we always hope that <laughs> <laughs> it's been a delight having you on again and uh we look forward to uh, will you come back absolutely and can i do one little quick plug because it's on my heart today sure uh, I am an ambassador in my region here in Georgia for Mission 22. Um, almost every day in our country, we we lose 20 veterans uh, to suicide. Um, and Mission 22 is helping to heal that process and get that down to zero. Um, if you can go on the Mission 22 website, look around, uh, read some of the success stories, and if you're a veteran... Uh, that needs help. Uh, go on there. There's there's helping hands out there in Mission 22 uh, every day, and we'll be happy to help out any way we can. And uh, I know that you all do a, a super job, and uh, there are people that need help. And I mentioned to you, if, if you're having problems with PTSD and you're having problems sleeping at night, Drop us a line, and I'll put you in contact with a doctor that can. I don't. He can't cure it, but he can certainly get you a good night's rest. So, with that being said, we're going to have to bail out of here. And uh, Barry, thank you again, and I look forward to another conversation with you. Yes, sir. I look forward to uh, speaking with you again, and uh, good luck to all the veterans out there. Amen. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.